possibly come and by I say come to the meeting I mean be online for it um, it will be at six o'clock on Wednesday this Wednesday and it should be pretty short can't really go over 30 minutes because that's as long as zoom will allow us to go for free and it's just to deal with a few financial things that I think we will pretty well have all of the paperwork or the information in order to begin with so it's pretty much just gonna be a matter of presenting the information and having a quick uh, vote and that's about it um, other than that um, we are getting closer to charge conference and we are moving along with getting things ready for that but that isn't until the middle of November uh, I don't really think that there is much else to announce this morning um, just glad to be able to have those of you who are able to come in person here today and those who are able to join with us online as well. So let's open with a word of prayer today. Most gracious, holy, and loving God, Lord, as we are gathered here today to worship, we praise you and we thank you, and we just ask that you would speak to us today. Gracious God, we come to you asking that your Holy Spirit would fill us, that we might hear from you, that your word might be alive in us, that we might be your people. We praise you and we just ask that you help us to do your will. We pray that your guidance and direction be with us and that our worship will be pleasing to you. We look forward to this time of changing seasons as we come into the fall. And we just ask that you would continue to guide us and protect us in our lives as we come into this new time of year. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good morning. We, uh, let's read our call to worship in unison. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven, and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.
Well, this morning, before we started our live Facebook Live portion of the service, we lifted up the names of those that we need to be praying for. And there are those who are sick and who are struggling right now. And so at this time, those of you who are gathered here and with us by distance, this is a time to come to God, bringing your joys and concerns to the Lord, knowing that He does care Know that he, knowing that he does want what is best for us and that he is working for what is best for us. And we know that we can trust him with all of our needs. So let us come into this time of prayer. Most gracious, holy, and loving God, Lord, we come to you today, your grateful and thankful people for this beautiful day. We thank you, Lord, for the joy of your Son you've given to us that we might know you. We thank you as we come into this changing of the seasons of the colors that you show us in your creation. Gracious God, we come to you today praying that you would be with those who are sick and who are in need of healing, both in mind, body, and spirit. We pray that you would bring comfort and peace to those who need your presence. Holy God, we come to you asking that you would speak to us through your word, that you would be present with us, that we might feel your comfort and peace with us. We pray, gracious God, for your forgiveness where we have failed you, for we have fallen short of your glory. We have missed the mark. And we pray that you break us and remake us into the image of your Son, that we might be your people. Father God, at this time, we give you thanks for our doctors and our nurses, for our military and our law enforcement, Lord, our peacekeepers, our peacemakers, and our healers. 
Lord, we pray for all who serve. We pray that you guide, direct, and protect them and let them know that they are never alone, but that you are with them. But most especially, we pray for those who are friends and family of these churches. Gracious Father, we pray for our leaders in government, both in our state, our nation, and throughout all the world. We pray that you would bless them with wisdom from on high, that through them you might do your work. And Father God, we just look forward to that great day when your kingdom shall be made here on earth as it is in heaven. We pray, Lord, for those that do not know you. We pray that you would use us as your ministers to share your love with them that all might come to know the name of Jesus and be saved. Gracious Father, all of these joys and concerns we bring to you today and we lay them down at your feet in the name of your Son, Jesus, knowing you hear our every prayer and in the power of your Holy Spirit, we continue to pray to you this day the prayer that your Son, Jesus, taught us to pray so long ago. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us of our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
Well, today we continue and conclude our series on what I have called the Jesus Creed in the book of Philippians. Um, Our first scripture today will be Philippians chapter 2. We will read verses 5 through 11, but the key verses are verses 10 and 11. Paul writes and says, You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And the key verses are that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And our second scripture today comes from the book of Revelation, chapter 20, verses 11 through 15. John writes and says, And I saw a great white throne and the one sitting on it. The earth and the sky fled from his presence, but they found no place to hide. I saw the dead, both great and small, standing before God's throne. And the books were opened, including the book of life. And the dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. The sea gave up its dead, and death and the grave gave up their dead. And all were judged according to their deeds. Then death and the grave were thrown into the lake of fire. This lake of fire is the second death, and anyone whose name was not found recorded in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Robert the Bruce is probably the most well-known and somewhat controversial king of Scotland. One of several Scottish nobles with claim to the throne after the death of Scotland's previous king, as the English King Edward was working to make Scotland a client state of England, Robert the Bruce pulled all the stops in his quest for the throne. Appeasing King Edward when needed until the time was right to fight against him, Killing a rival noble in a church sanctuary, no less. Earning the ire of the Pope, getting himself, his supporting nobles, and ultimately the entire nation of Scotland excommunicated. And hiring the mysterious Knights Templar to aid him in his final battle to claim the throne. The Bruce could be called many things, but one thing he could not be called was a quitter. He was not willing to share the throne with anyone and was unwilling to accept client status to England. And ultimately, he claimed the throne, established Scotland's sovereignty, 
which would last until the act of union hundreds of years later. In fact, it would be a Scottish king who would sit on England's throne who would authorize the most famous English version of the Bible, the King James Version. As we conclude this series on the identity and person of Jesus, we must wrestle with some things that may seem a bit off-putting to modern people today. We like to envisage Jesus meek and mild teaching the children and healing the sick, which he did teach the children and heal the sick. But to call him meek and mild can be a bit of a misnomer. And if we are to truly embrace Jesus as Lord of our lives, we must embrace Jesus as Lord of all. Because as Robert the Bruce was unwilling to share any authority in Scotland with anyone else, so Jesus will not accept any competition for his authority in all of creation. We have this passage in Philippians that at the very end of what I call the Jesus Creed, it concludes with a bit of a reversal because it begins with, it says, Jesus did not consider his equality with God as something to exploit. But now as it concludes, it says, every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. This imagery invokes something much different than we have seen in Jesus before in this series. As I mentioned before, he did not use his divinity to his advantage. But now he has pulled all the stops. The mission of salvation is done. The new creation begins. And for the creation to be put to rights, for all the wrongs to be made right and all things to be done as they should, the rightful king must be enthroned and all made subject to him. In heaven, the holy angels, cherubim, seraphim, and all that is in the invisible realm will praise God and declare him holy. On earth, all of the creation, all of the animals, all of the plants, all people still living, every star and planet and all that exists in the physical universe, that which we know and that which we still do not will praise God as their creator. And then an interesting thing here, it also says under the earth. The land of the dead, Sheol, death and hell, all of those that are there, both righteous and unrighteous, because before Jesus, it's my belief that both the righteous and the unrighteous were all held in a place waiting for their liberator to come until Jesus died on the cross. And in that moment that he declared victory, all of the gates of hell, all of the prison doors of death were broken down. But we are told that all of that which exists in the world of the dead will also be forced to proclaim the truth that Jesus Christ is Lord. In the book of Revelation, we have a passage that some refer to as the great white throne judgment. 
And this closing part of the book of, Philipp the, of the chapter 2 of Philippians, the Jesus Creed in second chapter of Philippians, dovetails nicely with the imagery in this latter part of Revelation when we see what we call the final judgment. We are told that all will be judged by what they have done. Death and hell are destroyed forever. All of that which represents the separation between God and man is obliterated forever. Jesus has declared victory. There is no longer a dividing wall between us and the Father. But there is a double side to this as well. Because for all of those for whom the choice to voluntarily declare Jesus as Lord in this life, all of those who rejected it, must now declare in terror as they are faced with all of their brokenness, all of their sins, and all of their evils. As they approach the only one who could have saved them from that fate, now sits in the judgment seat, the one who they have rejected their entire life, and he will reject them. This is not an easy concept for many modern Christians to deal with. That an all-loving, all-compassionate God would sentence people to eternal damnation. But it is my belief, as it was C.S. Lewis's as well, that hell is a prison locked from the inside, not the outside. To be damned is the choice of rejecting the freely offered gift of life. Some might counter and say... Why would God make creatures in his own image and give them the capacity to reject him and thereby condemn themselves? My response is, if God had wanted robots, he could easily make them as we have. We make machines that do simple tasks. We make machines that do complicated tasks. And they have no will of their own. They do what they are programmed to do. God did not want robots. God wants partners. And a partner chooses to enter into a relationship with the other partner. For God to have some that would choose to enter into a relationship with him willingly, he had to provide for the possibility that some would choose not to. For those with loved ones who do not follow Christ, you can pray for them. God has more times than can be counted, softened the hardest of hearts due to the faithful prayers for prevenient grace. But all in all, this is a message of good news that Jesus Christ is Lord. The good news in both passages, both in Philippians and in Revelation, is this. It's that all of the false claimants to the throne of creation, all of those things that tried to claim the creation for their own, all of the things that tried to declare that death has the final say, will be finally and decisively put down. All will kneel and proclaim Jesus as Lord, either out of love or fear. 
And the power of death will be forever done away with as it is thrown into the lake of fire. An image of death dying, as it were. Jesus Christ is Lord is the victory cry of the saints knowing that their day has come, that they have been vindicated and have received life eternal. Jesus Christ as Lord is the great song of the creation, knowing that it is no longer subject to the curse of futility, of death and decay. Jesus Christ is Lord is the confession of all of the powers that sought to claim creation for themselves as they stand before the very power of creation. Jesus Christ as Lord is without a doubt the truest statement in history, the one thing that we can say that has always been, always is, and always will be. And in the darkest of nights, this is the whisper that speaks of the dawn that is to come. Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. Let us all close in prayer today. 
Most gracious, holy, and loving God, as we depart here today, help us to go into the world with the glorious truth that your Son already is Lord in this world and in all the worlds that exist. We thank you for the good news of his death, his resurrection, and we look forward to that great day when he shall come and be king over all that is. When we know that death and sickness and sadness will be gone forever, and we trust in you to carry us through until that day. We pray your blessings go with us and help us to declare that glorious truth that Jesus Christ is Lord to the world that needs so desperately to hear it. We praise you and ask that you go and be with us till we meet here again. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. And go in peace.